welcome back to the Beers and Cheers podcast, week eight, 2022 season. Man, this past weekend, including the Texas game, was probably easily the best weekend of the season so far. Probably one of the best overall college football weekends in the past, whew, I don't know, two, three years? Yeah, without a doubt. That was, uh, that was, epic. That was sports overload on Saturday to the point where I, Sunday, I'm proud to say it. I went to an art exhibit on Sunday. Oh my god! <laughs> to to uh, it was with my grandfather. Um, Ashley can attest; she was there as well. But it was good. It was good to get away from sports for a day because that was that was unbelievable on Saturday. Yeah, that was uh, a lot. I I didn't even get to bathe bathe it all in. Um, shout out with Maddox for already getting in the shout outs. Uh, I was down in Mexico, but um, Texas. Texas was probably the third best game, if not fourth, of the day, which is pretty crazy. And it was, you know, basically a nail-biter until two minutes left into the fourth. I think I would say if you weren't a Texas fan or an Iowa State game or fan, you're probably not a big fan of that game because it really wasn't that entertaining. It was just close. Back and forth, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. There was definitely more – stuff going on with Tennessee Bama that Utah USC game at night was incredible too. Yeah. That was, that was a great way to end the night. I was, that was, that was just like a great day of football, great day of baseball all around. But yeah, you seeing a uh, cam rising, get himself a win in, in a, in a setting like that. It's kind of like, well, that guy deserves something like that after everything he's had to wait for and, and, and do to be in that position. Did you see what cam rising said uh, about Lincoln Riley? No. I don't know if it was like after the game or like in his Monday presser, but quote unquote, Lincoln Riley pulled some bullshit recruiting me to OU. And I said to myself, if I ever got the chance to, if I ever get the chance, I was going to beat his ass. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. He's, um, respect to Cam. He definitely has a ceiling as a quarterback, but he balled out on Saturday. Yeah. He, he looked really good. All right. Well, let's get into some actual Texas football, but first, uh, John, beer of the week. Yeah, Beer of the Week, going to go with uh, Houston Beer. Shout out to everyone from Houston listening. We're going to go with the Dome Foam. You know why. No one cares. Um, game environment. Let's get talk about that. That was a terrible start to the game, and I don't Ugh. know how we didn't see that coming with ACL that weekend and everything. Oof. Yeah, I I, I didn't know it was ACL um, until I was at the Austin airport. Wait. Are we doing this? Yes. Again? No, we talked on last <laughs> week and you were like, why is this so busy here? Yeah, here we go again. I'm having the same conversation. But uh, that was crazy how, how just lackadaisical um, the team came out. I think the team went to ACL on Friday night. They got out of the hotel and went. The students definitely did because that was disgusting. It was completely empty. I was talking with a coworker who just graduated. Um, not just graduated, graduated a year and a half ago, but he's got the young alumni tickets and one of his buddies who's still in school texted him it was like hey come down here like there's plenty of seats around and like you know move away like those like young alumni seats are you know what in the 130s or whatever and so he went down he's like oh yeah there's a ton of room we hung out down we watched the game down there it was great but golly that's i we, I, we should have known but it definitely made a difference and it definitely made a difference in the first half as well um yeah it, it without a doubt it uh, I mean, we should have hopefully not have another 11 a.m. game. I would say likely the Baylor game being the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty high likelihood just because the CBS – oops, excuse me. The 2.30 CBS will be a big game. It'll be a night, a big rivalry game that night. So, um, hopefully that's our last 11 a.m. game at home this year and hopefully the last 11 a.m. for a while because the DKR 11 is just – it's rough. Yep. Uh, and I mean, the play obviously, you mentioned the play obviously start, s- slowed or started off slow as well. There it is. Uh, I mean, block punt, can't pick it up, can't get in the end zone, fine, whatever. Go down and score. Nope, can't. Got a kick field goal. Nope, missed that. Well, shit. Okay, give the ball back. Three plays, punt. Give the ball back. Texas gets the ball. Four plays, negative two yards, punt. And then they go down straight down the field, 80, what is it? Yeah, 84 yards. And then you go uh, turnover on downs. It was just like, oh my god, what are we doing here? This is just so freaking fr- frustrating. And yeah. then they should have gone up fourteen nothing, but somehow Jalen Ford turned around and intercepts that ball in the end zone. Yeah, when when Anthony Cook tackled Demarvion on the punt, 
uh, block. Mm. I was like, oh boy, this is gonna this is gonna be bad. He uh, made up for it. Yeah, he did. But that was just like, okay, that's this is the type of game we're gonna have. Here we go. Uh, and then when they showed that sign of of call it the first real possession that they had, not the one that was off the fake or off the punt. When they, you know, first pass to Xavier, beautiful ball about 18, 25 yards down the field. Same thing again to uh, Jordan, which yep. was called back for the, I think it was Hudson. Oh. Was it Hudson? Uh, yeah, I believe so. And and that just led to the just boneheaded play of throwing it backwards by what the Quinn. What that? Uh, so then all of a sudden it's third and 85 and you're, you know, <laughs> doing a draw. It's third and, and 40, excuse like, you. It's like, what what is going on in this game? And, and and then all of a sudden on that first possession that they had the ball or that they scored, it was like all of our D-backs were freshmen that were what in. Was, what, what is, what what is, is going, going on? on? That was that was absurd. So when immediately I was like, I'm in Mexico, but I have internet and I'm just scanning Twitter. I'm like, Jaron Thompson's gotta be hurt. I think Ryan yeah. Watts went down in that possession, I believe. No, it was the next possession. It was, it was the, the next Watts. one. Okay, never mind. But regardless, so yeah. It was prior to the Watts injury, but after what it's I would it seemed to be the Jaron stinger or whatever they called it so mm. that was okay so maybe jaron goes out but it was like crawford was in taff, taff was in uh i'm trying to think i don't think jordan was in at that point because watts was still in with us no, still playing the starting corners but it's just like what is going on and then so they go down and get seven and it was just a classic iowa state drive 11 plays taking what they can get and then out scheming you left and right which credit to Campbell, that guy coached a hell of a game. Yeah, he did. I mean, he's being a little cocksucker at the end of the game there. I'll go ahead and say it. But he did coach a good game in that he was very, very, very on playing the Texas Tech ball um, on Iowa State offense, just targeting, you know, the players, targeting our defense and relying on Deckers to make decent throws to – Hutchison, which what he did. I mean, he you have to, yeah, you definitely have to give him a little bit of credit. I and mean, a kid goes for 10 catches, 154 yards, and dropped the biggest catch. I mean, that's a pretty damn good offensive um, output over 300 yards throwing there, the ball with a guy who really hasn't shown anything throwing the ball this year. There was a lot of in the end of the first half and early the second half for them. Just a lot of bad throws by that guy. So if yeah. he would have cleaned that up, I don't think we had we would have won the game because there was a, just a little bit of a lull that they had towards the back half of the second quarter and all of the third quarter, where he just wasn't completing passes or hitting guys on the num on the numbers. Yeah. So that kind of saved us. But I would agree, Decker. Um, they they knew that he was limited, but they gave, they were just the routes they were running, which we can get into in a second. It was just out scheming us like no other which any third down and whatever they were they were scoring I'm sorry they were they were converting. seven seven of ten i believe it was seven of ten on third downs over 10 yards 10 10 yards or over and just, i looked back and watched a lot of those plays were trips trips on one side and it just yeah. was a they were flooding uh, the zone yeah xavier hutchison or noel just getting mm -hmm. open in his own and it that was extremely frustrating because that's exactly like the defense that we were we were scared that it was going to come back and it did. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but well, all right, let's well, let's but, start yeah. over on the on the offensive side of the ball. Just overall weird game, but getting into more position, um, starting with the you know everyone, the head Quinn not his best, and I think that Iowa State defense it, it did show how good they are really are and they're pretty damn underrated maybe not against running ball and we can get into that in the second half but I, I think throwing the ball against them is way tougher they run that weird three three five they're gonna run mostly cover three which against with a mediocre players is a pretty easy um scheme to or scheme to dice up uh sarkeesian always says i remember watching a video of him at a high school conference and he like all those defensive coaches. And he's like, raise your hand if you run primarily cover three. And he's like, yeah, if I got a good quarterback and one or two good receivers, I'm going to dice you up all day long. But it, with the athletes that they had, the big safeties and the well-coached corners, I know they weren't the best, but they really didn't give up a ton, like over the top. Man, Quinn had a tough day. and They just couldn't dial it up. And even specific plays like the, the you know, fake to the right, 
Sanders comes in from the other side on the kind of, you can either dump it off or the, and Bijan's running the wheel route, like in front of him. And if, you know, the corner, if they're running man, then Sanders is open because you come from the other side of the field. If they're running zone, then most of the time Bijan's coming up because the corner's taking Sanders. They schemed that up perfectly and they stopped it three times. And the first, I know twice in the first quarter, and I think they stopped it again in the third. It's just usual easy throws that he was used to seeing wide open weren't open. So you got to give a little bit of credit to Campbell and scheming up the offense. But even then, Ewers missed on a few throws and obviously that Casey Kane drop didn't help, but not his best. Um, but still, yeah. not his best is just under 200 yards with no picks, you know? Yeah, not not his best is better than uh, Hudson's best. So, right. um, so I, I thought Quinn, he – Obviously, Casey Kane did not do him a favor with the drop. You already mentioned that. Um, you know, on the surface, when you watch the highlights, what the hell? Excuse you. When you watch sir? the highlights, he he obviously has a beautiful ball to to Xavier in the first quarter. No, second quarter. Uh, like a forty. Sorry, Dude, forty yarder. Headphones. So he, but the the short dumps were just like left and right. We're we're just not. They were just like weren't there, you know. He he missed. Uh, Bijan made an unbelievable play, like a one-handed uh, catch that he just like honestly shouldn't have caught because it ended up being like a seven-yard loss. Mm-hmm. First possession, he had another one to Xavier that was ended up being like a two or three-yard gain that led to the third and or fourth and sixth field goal. It was just like the short passes that that just weren't really crisp. Um, and I don't know if if he just wasn't there mentally or if. ACL had a did a real number on him, but it was just not not uh, not as cleanest. But again, when when it came to down to crunch time, and he had to take us down the field, he gave the ball or put the ball out there for Bijan at the end of the first half, and he put the ball right on the numbers of Xavier on that beautiful route in yeah. the fourth quarter and fourth down. So, like even Jordan's touchdown, which we'll get third. to in a second, but Jordan ran a great route, but the ball literally went between two linebackers. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it obviously had flashes of, of what we're used to with Quinn, but I think it also brought us back to reality of that. It truly was only his fourth start in yeah. college, Good point. um, yeah. that he wasn't going to be like he was at OU all the time. Um, so kind of brought him back down from cloud nine, but, uh, definitely still had some nice, nice passes that I think are way above and beyond what Hudson could ever do on the field. Oh yeah. And I think, Honestly, that's probably the best defense he's going to face in the regular season. Um, K-State's pretty damn good at uh, Manhattan always makes a difference, but I still, yeah, that's probably the best defense he's going to face. Definitely the best pass defense. Um, So, yeah, we'll take it. You still make the throws that count and don't throw any interceptions. That's pretty much all you can do against a a well-coached D. Uh, Going to Bijan, I mean, another great – Day. I think he's getting better and better as the season goes on. I don't I don't know yeah. how or why. Not how, but I don't know why or what's being different. Maybe the O-line's meshing a little bit more on um, pass rushing, but he's still – he is getting better every single week, and that's a great sign for a great running back, getting better every single week. Um, uh, I think that's a product of the offensive line. I think Bijan always had it. Um, but even in this game, you can kind of see it. Uh, sounds like you weren't able to watch the second half as much, but – the first possession he got stuffed. Second possession wasn't clean. Uh, the last two possessions of the first half, when we went 80 yards both times, he was mm-hmm. a key element of like I want to say three or four carries, of which multiple of those went uh, for for double digit carries uh, or yard gains. So then ultimately, when it came down to the final possession, when you needed to score, he was a force. Um, but the thing that actually, of anything, that concerns me. Yes, you're right. He's getting better, and he's starting to get a little more attention than we all expected him to get at the beginning of the year. The, the goal line just continues to be yeah. something that plagues him. Uh, he he needs, he needs space. He needs somewhere where he can be patient, and that's just not not his skill set. Right, and so I think we need to kind of go to Roshan in those second and goal, third and goals, like within the five-yard line moving forward because it's just proven that if it's third and or second and eight and you're – needing to get to third and four, third and two, Bijan can get you there. But when it's like one or two yard gains, and I think at the very end when we did the first down, it was Roshan or was it Bijan? That was Roshan. Yeah, I mean, it just – so, of anything, 
obviously, obviously uh, happy to see the continued 100 yard games every week. That's as expected. Um, his athletic plays, like one handed catches, the the touch or the 40 yard pass or 30 yard pass, where it was, I think that was a one handed catch as well. I think so. So yeah. the athletic, athletic plays, entertainment, the intimidation factor that is Bijan on the field is great, but he's got to find a way to get in the end zone on those the third and goals. Yeah, and Roshan, obviously, still the heartbeat of the team. He had a one run that I think was in the third quarter, fourth, early fourth. I mean, it was no, it was in the third. It was the most perfect Roshan versus Bijan run. He kind of gets out behind, sneaks behind the right side, and there's a linebacker waiting for him. And Bijan might scamper out of it and head towards the sideline. You could tell Roshan thought about it for about half a second and goes, nope, I'm going to go right through you. And that's exactly what he did. Um it's just fun watching him and seeing his burst and his kind of excitement with his run. Bijan's a little more of a jazz and Roshan's a little more rock and roll. If you kind of had to compare the two. Um, wow. Great yep. analogy. You didn't think you were getting that uh, musical reference today. Did you? All right. Going to the receivers. I whoa, thought they... whoa, on Roshan though. Whoa. The, the tackle on special teams was pretty awesome. Oh yeah. That was a good play. Is that a punt kick? No, it was a kickoff. I mean, kickoff. just absolutely yeah. pancaked the guy. It was awesome. Yeah, he cares. That guy cares. Um, always need a few of those. Uh, I thought the receivers played pretty bad, honestly, to me. I mean, I, Xavier had a good day and definitely, again, made it count when it was needed. But other than that, I, I don't know. I, I didn't see a lot of stuff that I just absolutely loved. I guess we only had four guys that caught the ball. Um, <laughs> yeah. But – I don't, you know, Sanders had that one good play, but other than that, you know, nothing unbelievable. And Bijan had the, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I thought they could have done more. Again, this is a good pass defense, but they they were kind of getting bullied. I glad, I'm glad Whittington got his touchdown. That was cool when he went over to Bebo. Yeah, that really got a lot of attention. That that that's going to probably get a lot of attention the rest of the year when we play at home. I guess we only have two more games. Well, wow. but uh, so. I think it's more a product of the defense that they were playing and limiting our guys and honestly limiting uh, Quinn's ability to throw it downfield. Um, Jatavion continues to be that, that guy. I mean, he's got like the strongest hands I think of any of them. Xavier is more just like a breadbasket kind of guy. Um, but uh, I, I, the Casey Kane thing, that was – so was the pass to him in the first or the fourth and inches in the second or first quarter, whatever it was, was that on Casey or was that on Quinn? I don't know. I think it's on Casey, but that's me more erring on the side of the good quarterback. Yeah. Uh, the drop pass, obviously on Casey, but there was one in between those two where it also went over Casey's head and Quinn just looked dumbfounded. I was like, what is up with – what is going on yeah, with that, that guy? That was, that was on Casey. So finally, they benched him and put Tariq Milton in, which was nice. Um, but I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, but it, Casey was killing us left and right. So yeah, I, again, really odd day for the receivers. But when it came down to really needing to make a play, uh, Xavier did what he does, and, and I mean that that route was was pretty. That was so sexy. pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. So I know it's hard to shit on them as a whole when they really. Didn't have other than Casey Kane's drop. Like everyone who caught a, a ball was playing pretty decent, you know. Um, but I don't know. I, I just I needed more against this good defense, and I didn't get it. And I was a little bummed. I guess is what I'm saying. Um, going over, I had saved them for last because I think they won this game. Um, the offensive line played very very well, especially run blocking. That second half effort was just perfect. Chef's kiss. They leaned on him, leaned on him, leaned on him. And it's not like it was a crazy runs or reverses or anything like that. It was a pretty vanilla run scheme. And they did a great job with them, especially the left side with banks. There was one play where bank, it was a tackle power and he came pulling around and the safety literally just Ole just like, Nope, I'm not getting dozed by you and just jumped out of the way. I would too. Fuck that. Um, Getting that left side going is huge, and the last drive, obviously, you saw it. There were some obviously some great second efforts by Bijan, but there was also some just ginormous hole. It was basically every other play. It was like either a good Bijan missed tackle and a good second effort, or gigantic hole and Bijan, you know, scampers for an extra, you know, takes advantage of it, scampers for eight. That was awesome to watch just in the second half. And then no sacks. I mean, again, 
that's what more can you ask for the made it count you know they they did they had their guy essentially i i don't know i i hope what you said earlier about the them coming together more is part of the reason why this run offense is looking or Bijan's looking better and better every week and if so this is going to be dangerous to play against a team that really doesn't know how to stop the run and yes i'm talking about tcu yeah, no, I mean, I think the offensive line continues to improve on a weekly basis. Um, I'm trying to think of there was one play for Christian Jones. Obviously, the holding was was a drive killer, but something that Christian Jones did that caught my eye, but now I can't remember. But, I mean, hell, if it's only one or two plays here and there, it's a huge improvement from what we had previously. Yeah, that was, it was fun to watch. Um, and everybody knows how much I love it. Uh, offense overall, you know, it, it's it's tough to grade because this was a good opponent they're going against, but I still think they could have done better, and it, it started off It was off a slow. hangover. It was a hangover. That's literally what it was. Yeah, I guess, hopefully. I mean, if that's a hangover, then you got over it. You know, you did you did what you needed to get it, to get over it. So I hope it was a hangover, but I, I, I don't know. There's The slow start just – eats at me and just not being able to finish that first drive and missing the field goal. Ah, it's just, Oh, that's what you did a year ago. And look what happened. Um, also not being able to finish that drive. First drive of the second half uh, mm-hmm. where it was 17, seven and you had the opportunity to go 24, seven, put the game a little bit more out of reach uh, with a struggling offense, but you settled for three and then the three and out after they punted it back to you at that point. So it was two opportunities there to put the game away. And I don't know if, you know, thinking about it right now off the top of my head, I don't think we got conservative. We just kind of didn't make plays. Um, so we got to find a way to put these games away earlier on and not let them get down to the fourth quarter. Yep. All right, let's go to the other side of the ball. You know, I think after watching that game, there was a lot of bitching and moaning about this defense and giving up the third downs. And while I do agree with most of it, and I don't, but I don't think that most of it is scheme driven. And you go through all these back and forth as a PK, as a Patterson. Why were they benching these guys? Why did they do this? You know, blah, blah, blah. You gave up 21 points and you forced a fumble with two minutes left to win the game. I I don't know. I, I get the I get the wanting to be perfect, but that's a really good effort. I know this isn't a great Iowa State offense, and Deckers isn't historically been a great quarterback. But he was on Saturday. He looked pretty driven to me. And Hutchison is an NFL receiver. And that Noel kid isn't bad either. I, I don't know. I I agree. The third and down was atrocious. The DBs, I don't know what the hell was going on. Losing Watts must have been just a huge issue. But, again, you held them to what? Like three yards a carry. Yeah. You held them to 2.6 yards a carry. And you only gave up three touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, very high level, only giving up three touchdowns is it seems to be the number. That's our number, right? That's like yep. 20 is, is what we get every game or what we give every game except for Tech. Um, I don't know why I'm on the – I disagree with you. I was extremely disappointed with the defense. They, I think they were bailed out a couple times by bad throws by Decker. Um, again, kind of towards the back half of the first half and early second half for – they they just they were they were not in position and the defensive uh, backs are just were all, just lost the whole game. Um, but like you said, twenty one points and when when a play needed to be made, uh, I mean look at Jalen Ford and look at Anthony Cook. So that's the difference in the game. Uh, I think if we're playing a competent offense, aka this weekend. Uh, it's a different story. So I, I agree um, with you on that. Yeah, it, they got quote unquote lucky in that they weren't playing a great offense and instead playing a good defense. But yeah, I, it's it was a hangover for sure. Definitely def- hangover on the defensive side of the ball. But the, the third downs are what is what is really really getting old. I agree, and I was reading more about that today. There, it was basically talking about how we play cover two more and get versus cover one teams and kind of the dichotomy of the, yeah, you might get beat on third down a little bit more, but you're not giving up the big bend don't break plays as much. 
And this game was a little bit of both with that long touchdown pass um, and what could have been another long touchdown pass. If yeah. I mean, you, dropped you got, I mean, the game would have been over if, if Hutchinson makes that catch. So, yeah. I mean, we did get pretty lucky there, but Hey, we had to drop pass too. That would have probably led to or but got us close to a I don't touchdown. Know. I, I just, that's true. And, but I still don't get like the hate on PK in the scheme. It's like, Okay, the subbing, yes, I get that is that is dog shit, and that needs to be fixed. And I think that was a little bit more of the coaches trying to send a message that's saying, "Hey, you're hungover, you got to snap out of it, get out, get your mind right, and get back in there." Okay, that was terrible. They shouldn't have been putting fucking Michael Taff in. But the scheme, I, I don't know. I just don't hate it. And like going into individual units, the D line gave zero pass rush. They were good against the run. They were great against the run. No pass rush whatsoever. You had one sack where Decker just stepped into it. And mm-hmm. it, other than that, it was terrible. What, like three sack tackles for loss or something like that? Yeah, yeah. three. So statistically, a- the defense, like as a whole, like the team defense isn't bad, but it's like the individual set, set or lack of sacks and the third downs is what continue to plague them. I, and th- that again goes back to the scheme. If you a quarterback has five seconds to throw, I don't give a shit who's playing DB or what who's calling the play they're you're going to give up some third downs and you're going to give up some pass obvious passing down first downs like if nothing's coming and you can't blitz or you're not really blitzing that much it's going to happen i don't care what's going you know what's happening if dn pass rush was just atrocious ov did fucking nothing sorrel was pretty much non-existent as well I, i mean demo somehow doesn't is the most athletic guy on the field, but doesn't know how to blitz. And it's just so freaking frustrating to watch it count and go one, two, three, four, Hutchinson, 10 yard catch. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree that the, the defensive line, I mean, we've got it. They've got to find a way to schematically put a little pressure on, on, on the quarterback. I mean, I don't know. Cause it, it, it was, I, 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 I thought we were going to lose the game frankly, in the third quarter. So, like, okay, momentum has shifted, defense is on their heels. And, of course, we're complaining after some – like, we've always been asking for a guy to make a play to win the game, and Anthony Cook does it, and we're still complaining. But, <laughs> like, uh, yes, they, they, but... they just didn't – they just – the defense did not uh, blow my skirt up at all. I think the biggest issue on the DB side was you could tell they weren't on the same page. The communication was awful. And then you throw in that with a few bites on a uh, play fake, and uh, that right there is going to be a big difference in the game. Um, we talked about the subbing; that was terrible. I, I, I don't know. I, I think again, hangover, bad day, whatever you want to call it. That was hopefully the blame for it. And I will. It, the issues looked like an easy fix. Talk more. Don't sub in. You know, don't sub out your senior safeties as much and maybe they'll the communication will be better yeah you lose watts it's a big big loss but i mean jameer johnson has played pretty well so far this season it's not the end of the world um i think the the biggest the really only kind of highlight individual plays jalen ford he played very very well and the pick obviously seemed like it was a little you know right in his lap but he took advantage of it and turned his head around at the right time um Glad he got. I think he got Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Week too, which, was, which is yeah. awesome. Um, glad that he's going to um, get some recognition. I mean, this guy. I talk about someone who's gotten better at better every week. I think you could go back till November of last year and say that Jalen Ford's gotten better and better each week. Just great. Haven't seen that since Jordan Hicks. He'll probably get drafted if he keeps this up. Um, yeah. No. He. I mean, he made a, he made a play that was. I would argue. Obviously, Anthony Cooks was the game-ending play, but the game was kind of slowly but surely kind of getting out of control when they were about to score and go up 14-0, and the offense wasn't doing anything. That gave the crowd a spark, the team a spark. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Jalen Ford, you know, that was that was a big moment. Yep, definitely. Um, Last thing before we – are you about to dive off of it? No, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I mean, the special teams, we don't ever talk about it anymore, but it's kind of just – I mean, the, the punts have been the highlight. I'm sorry, the punt blocks have been the highlight, but don't – I'm sorry, but don't return kicks. Like, just don't. I don't yeah. get why anyone does it anymore because anytime you do, they're throwing a flag. Yeah. 
So great. Keelan's one of the most athletic guys on the team. Don't care. Like just throw your arms up and don't return it. And then the, I mean, Auburn continues to be pretty inconsistent. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know that the special teams ha- has to be cleaned up as well over the next two weeks or sorry, I guess we don't play it in the second week, but you know what I mean? The next two games uh, being that we're going on a hostile road environment this week coming up and then a traditionally environment that we've always struggled in, in Manhattan. So mm-hmm. that's going to be, I truly feel like the difference in one or two of these games, because we've seen what our defense can do. And I think they're going to show up in one or two of these games. I think our offense is better this week and in the Kansas state game. So I think if there's anything in terms of concern that I have, it's like, okay, how, how does this special teams continue to impact our games? And I don't know if I fear what that's going to be like, whether it's in Stillwater in Manhattan, but we've got to find a way to clean those close, clean those, be clean in those two games to, to have a chance. Yep. No, I agree with you. The punt blocks are sexy, but it's what we've only, we have two of them now. Um, and you're going back to what you're talking about in the next two games. Is like you're playing some two very, very good coaches. And if you think you're getting a punt block in Manhattan, no chance. Um, the ghost of Bill Snyder does not allow that to happen on like, his on his field. Granted, I, I do recognize this is not like a Charlie Strong special teams unit. So no, I, I do no. recognize yes, the positives yes. there. You know, it, it, they're very well coached. You can tell there's just some poor decisions yeah, made I mean, by the players. It's like the the Alabama. I don't know if you saw it, but the player who said like, yeah, hey, I'm not catching the punt." And all of a sudden, this other random guy comes trying to pick it up. It's like that. We're not making those kind of plays, right? <laughs> Which is nice. So it's a nice um, change. That that is a huge improvement to what we were used to in terms of our special teams. But it's like don't don't return the kicks anymore. I don't I don't get why you even try because I watch we're gonna return one this this weekend. But yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just. I just don't get why you even try because it, it, there's going to be a flag. It's just, you know, you're going to get sacked. So be on the road. Don't give the other team or other correct, the home crowd, any other reason to be pumped up. And I feel like special teams is always that like random factor that allows crowds to get into the game that are very avoidable. Yep. I agree. I'm just hoping overall that the team is kind of like who we got away with one that, that was terrible. We got lucky, but we're going to build off it, not build off it, but just not make those mistakes again and not be mentally as unprepared as we were this week and move on. I hope that's the wake up call. And that's the message that they kind of gave themselves. I'm imagining that I'm very interested. I know you hate to like practice reports and hearing what people are hearing from sources and sources, but I'm very interested to see what comes out tomorrow. Cause traditionally Tuesdays are the, tough practice days and i have a feeling they got lit into a good bit today um and hopefully it was constructive but it needs to be more of a mental preparation i think than the physical we're not getting physically outmanned all of these issues that we are listed are are mental right you know there's not one guy on this team where i'm like yeah he's a real weakster he can't you know he gets bullied i and that's not the issue the issue is thinking clearly and communication skills and that's my TED talk. Okay. Um, let's go to Oklahoma State. Going up still Stillwater, 230 game. Oklahoma State is five and one. They already had their bye weeks. They've only played six games. First losses this past week in a TCU. They were up, ooh, I think 20 at some point. I know 17. Um, and they kind of blew it in the second half and overtime. They are definitely still firmly in the Big 12 race, and I think you could argue that they're actually the, probably the best team in the Big 12. I know they just lost to TCU, but if they get good play from Sanders and he's fully healthy, I think you could argue that they're the best team. They're probably the best coach um, of the remaining Big 12 contenders. Going back to Sanders, sounds like he's playing, but he's definitely banged up. It was one of those days where – the line opened at one and it shot to six and they were, everyone was like, okay, what do we not know? Um, but it's been pretty hush hush out of Stillwater, whether, you know, if he's not playing for some reason. So I'm assuming that he's going to, I just can't see a kid who's played that long 
um, you know, this is a fourth game against us and, and not suit up. Last two games, he's been bad throwing the ball. I think he was like 45% completion against TCU or something terrible. But he's relying on the legs a little bit more. Maybe that led to the injury in the shoulder. You can keep If you can keep him in the pocket and take advantage of letting him throw, you are going to win. Simple as that. They have good receivers. Brendan Presley's been there for a while, number eight, I believe. And they got two of their guys, Braden Johnson, Bryson Green, both BRs, three BRs, started the name. It's kind of crazy. All good receivers, but no Tyler Lockett or one of those guys that's an absolute freak. Tyler Wallace, excuse me. Yeah, I was going to say, the other, other, that's a couple weeks. <laughs> uh, but that this is a good offense. This is not a great offense. If Sanders is fully healthy and has calmed down in the pocket and is dicing – Dicing guys up before us. Okay, yeah, I'd be shitting my pants a little bit, but not so much this year. They don't have a great running back. O-line is fine on the run, but actually pretty damn good at pass protection, only giving up seven sacks this year. But this is not the, like, freaky Gundy offense that, you know, you've seen in years past. Well, not last year, but a couple years Gunner Gundy that. his son? Gunner Gundy is his son. He's his lefty running back. He can kind of move actually pretty well. He can't throw great, but he can move. You meant quarterback, not running back, right? Excuse me, quarterback, yes. He's the backup. Uh, Their defense is okay. Not nearly as good as last year after they lost Jim Knowles to Ohio State. Brock Martin's their best D lineman, probably their best uh, defensive player overall. He's got four sacks on the year. He's defensive end. I think he's like number 91 or something like that. Uh, Overall, Texas is favored going up to Stillwater, as I mentioned, and – this is a winnable Ooh. game. I know, I know. If this is at 7 o'clock, this is a way different type of game and type of feel. They're coming off a loss. They're going to be pissed off. And I just talked about how they could be the best team in the Big 12. But this is a very winnable game. You can take advantage of a defense that hasn't been great against throwing the ball. You think Duggan is a better thrower than Quinn? Okay, yes, maybe the advanced stats show that. But show me, like, watching actually go through progressions and put – Balled into receiver's hands, you think that Duggan is better than yours? Quentin Johnson might be better than Xavier, but is Duggan better than yours? I don't think so. Bijan's obviously better. I think our line's better. This offense can be ready to roll. Our defense is definitely more of the story. Can you stop Sanders? Can you keep him in the pocket? Can you take advantage of an O-line that's traditionally and historically played well against the pass rush when you haven't been able to show much of a pass rush recently? That's that's the bigger question to me. Um, and then the kind of wild card is this. Does Sanders throw a pick? How many – can you get him to force some bad throws like we've seen for the past four years? I don't know. This is a winnable game to me, and I think they pulled it out. I'd, I'll say Texas 40-37, 45-37, somewhere around that, 45-35, 40-35. Give me yeah, I mean, this game is going to be close. I agree. Always is. No matter what, you know, if we go up by – or if they go up by 30 points, we always find a way to come back versus Oklahoma State. So, it's always a close game. Um, Gundy, this is – I would say the OU game is his Super Bowl, but this is always a big little game for him. Um, I just – I don't – I'm not – I'm not convinced that, that – this team can go on the road yet and get a win. I just said it hasn't been proven to me. Um, I hate to go against Vegas because Vegas always knows more than we do and something else might be going on in terms of injury. I just don't trust uh, this defense to go up there and be able to stop Sanders. So with that, I think it's going to be something like a 30, 38 to 24 Oklahoma State win. Ooh, gosh. Yeah, I just think – the defense struggles, unfortunately. I think the the offense, um, I think they come out early and take a lead, and I think we end up seeing what we typically have always seen in, in our second-half performances. So I hope I'm wrong, but I just don't trust uh, this team on the road yet. So with that being said, you know, what an opportunity it would be between the next three weeks with the mm-hmm. two road games sandwiching an off and, week. Yeah, to make the bye. That's huge. If you can yeah, go into so that. Just to, to – if they can just find a way, I mean, just my God, to win these two games and go into November with – I guess that, that third game is a November game, but you know what I mean. Go into the 
final stretch of the Big 12 with a chance. I mean, just just find a way to win these two road games, establish that you can win on the road and create confidence within the program that you can go get into the Big 12 uh, championship because ultimately that's what we're playing for. We don't really have much more beyond that. So um, what an opportunity for Sark to, to get this team going and get a little momentum going into the offseason. Yep. Um, it was good having some recruits of this past game, Arch and all those guys, and that Colton Vasek from uh, Westlake. Um, I got a picture from uh, from the source that is my little sister, who's a sophomore of Arch at uh, one of the Limelight houses having fun. So always good seeing, hearing about that stuff. And uh, a win at home in a big game like that definitely helps the environment. But yes, you're, that's a very underrated aspect of this game is if you can come out, somehow sneak out a win, you're going into um, an off week and then you're probably playing the toughest I don't know. I'll piss some TCU off people. I don't give a shit. Your toughest remaining game on the schedule. That's big. You're saying um, Kansas State is the toughest game remaining? Yeah. Wow. That's bold. In Manhattan against a running quarterback, who one that we really haven't played against. You know, we haven't really played against a true running quarterback this year so far. Yeah. That's 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 tough. And like you said, if that's an 11 a.m. game in Manhattan, we know what that means. Talk about a hangover. Come um, on, Sark. Just find a way on this one, Sark. Get 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 out of Stillwater with a win. Get a momentum going to the off week. Get healthy. Go to Manhattan with a chance to really make a home stretch into this season. All right. Games of the week. Ole Miss at LSU. I, somehow, I have no idea how, but LSU is good. I thought they were going to be terrible, and I think everyone else did, really, um, after they started off with that terrible game against Florida State. And they don't really have one player that I think anyone can really name. Uh, Jaden Daniels, their quarterback, I think he transferred from somewhere. Um, I don't really know exactly much about him, but he's been playing well. Uh, he's at Arizona State, that's right. But – they Ole Miss has been playing great offense with Jackson Dart under Kiffin, but you know, typical Ole Miss Kiffin team start struggling on defense. Shouldn't have won the game against Kentucky when that Kentucky right tackle gets hurt and the next play that gives up backup right tackle gives up a bad fumble sack. Um, but that's their best win, I would say. LSU somehow beat Mississippi State earlier this year and then beat the breaks off Florida in Florida this past week. This is a weird game. It's gonna be a fun game. I would take the over. I don't know if I like a side on this. It's LSU minus one and a half, but I don't like a side. Um, you know, Ole Miss got some momentum with the lane train this year. That run rush offense is uh, is really starting to show itself between mm-hmm. Judkins and Zach Evans. A really good uh, two-headed, two-headed weapon there that Lane has. I would agree they hit. Unfortunately, that Kentucky win has now become a little bit less and less valuable. Um, they all, they've all told me the back half of their schedule is where they're going to get tested. So uh, what a moment for Lane to put Ole Miss, you know, if they go win this game and a golden opportunity to go undefeated into the Alabama game. I think, uh, I think Ole Miss gets this. I don't really, I don't really trust LSU this year um, just after what I saw in that Florida state game. So I'm going to go Ole Miss and I think they go, they go in there and win by double digits. Yeah, they got LSU this weekend and then at uh, Aggie next weekend and then, yeah, Bama at home. So, yeah, you're definitely right. You win this game and you can probably beat it and m fairly easily. And then, who? that's a fun one in, uh, in Oxford against Alabama coming into this town. All right, speaking of Mississippi State at Alabama, 6 o'clock on ESPN, Bama is minus 21. After this past week, giving up the most points under Saban, most points at Alabama since 1907. How do they respond? It's just terrible effort on the defense. I know there's some bad calls either way. I don't want to hear about it, but bad calls. Mississippi State was playing great until they dropped one this past week to Kentucky with Will Levis coming back and Mississippi State. Mississippi State's actually been running the ball very well. You never thought you'd hear that from a leech coach team, but they have been. I I expect a very pissed off Bama, and they talk about a shitty practice day. They definitely had one today. But 21 is too much. I, I kind of – I like Mizzou State in that. I, I agree it's too much. I think Bama gets the win, though. But it's just Bama team just doesn't really have the, the – They don't have the bite, really, you know. They don't, they don't have it this year. Um, 
that you know they're still going to probably make a run at the SEC championship, but they don't oh, yeah. have that same uh, intimidation factor that they typically have when they roll into town. So I think they they get the win. They they kind of get a lot of frustration out of them after what I mean. That was an unbelievable sports environment. I will give Tennessee credit. That was mm-hmm. that was pretty awesome. Uh, so I think they get the win. They don't cover. Kansas State at TCU, 7 o'clock game. It is the TCU blackout game. Um, TCU's minus three and a half. Great comeback by TCU. We were wearing black jerseys last weekend. Will they ever wear jerseys that aren't black? Don't worry about it. They rushed the field after they were supposed to win the game, so that's all you need to know. Um, (laughs) Oklahoma State kind of, I don't know, fell apart in that second half, and TCU started running the ball really, really well. That Kendra Miller, I know people have been talking about Duggan a lot. Kendra Miller is really damn good, too. Um, that running the running back that they have, and then Quentin Johnson is just an absolute freak going up going for 180 um, this past weekend. Yeah, he's a first round draft pick. That guy's balling out. God, that guy's good, man. Um, I'm really not excited to see what he's going to do against us, but whatever. Uh, Kansas State, Adrian Martinez, he's like 25, but he's been running the ball great as well. That you know, Kleiman is a good coach. I know he's kind of flown under the radar, like every. Kansas State team ever, but a running quarterback, you know, for the first time, they haven't really, no one's really played, or there's really no big running quarterbacks um, in the Big 12, at least this year. But Martinez is, and Deuce Vaughn, I, I don't know. I, I think this one is oh, wow. tight. A lot of, lot of running, probably a little, not as low, high scoring as you think with all the running going on. I think that TCU wins. I don't know if they can cover though. I feel this feels like the same type with the three and a half, you know, two on the hook at the end. I, I kind of like Kansas State or even TCU money line. I think it's the bet here. So uh, I think it's kind of funny that game's on FS1. Like, mm-hmm. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, what? It's know. kind of like a big. I guess the the baseball playoffs probably did not help that actually because no, they're definitely not probably on Fox, but. Um, I just looked, and Kansas State goes TCU, Oklahoma State, and us. That that is nice. Yeah, um, they've got a rough go look ahead between uh, Fort Worth and Stillwater. So I, I do like TCU to win this game. Quentin Johnson's proven to be that guy. Um, he deserves all the accolades. Um, really wish we could have held on to him, but mm. is what it is. So I think TCU goes and um, gets another win. I think they come into Austin undefeated. Here's the fun one: name Kansas State's one loss. Uh, Tulsa or Tulane or something yeah. like that. And that what the hell? Yeah, that's. Oof. But I mean, yeah, the, that's going to be a very good kind of nightcap for the the TCU um, fan. We'll see how that environment is. They'll get it going, but I heard from uh, Boots on the Ground this past week it was not as rowdy and raucous as you thought it might have been. Purple and orange don't go well together. When I was, they kept showing the uh, aerial, it just was a, mm-hmm. it was a weird, weird combo. Bright orange, uh, but as we had that game on the side, um, along with Tennessee, Alabama, and the Astros game, and whatever we looked at, it, it was just like, Ugh. and they had those black jersey with with the red numbers. It's like this is it's a lot of a lot of colors going on in this game here. But a uh, game you did not mention, of course. Game day doing their obligatory one packed twelve game of the year. Uh, we'll get our seven a.m. Yeah, they get the the six a.m. or seven a.m. start to yep. game day out there. <laughs> I always find that so funny when it's dark outside. UCLA is undefeated. I mean, that uh, what's that quarterback's name? Dorian something or other. He's yeah, Robinson Torrin. Dorian yeah, Thompson, different name, something yeah. like that. Yeah, he's BTR. And Bo Nix is actually putting together a pretty decent little season. I actually saw he's like, I mean, he's not going to, it's Stroud's, CJ Stroud's to lose, but he's like top 10 odds, Nix is, which is crazy. He's throwing, he's 70% completion, 12 touchdowns, only three interceptions so far in the season. That is a good um, underrated game. Uh, and another underrated one is Syracuse at Clemson. And Syracuse number 14 in the country. I know they I think that is a blowout. That is a easy, easy win for Clemson. I think Syracuse is unproven. This is Clemson's coming out You can say the party. same about UCLA. No, I, I think this is Clemson's coming out party. Mm, I don't know about that. Um, Oregon's favored by six points in that game, too. Okay, pretty good slate. Not as good as slate as last week. No, it's good. a com- it's a good come down slate. 
real good come down slate. All right. Come Thank you everybody slate. for listening. Yeah, you know, you don't want to like you can't just go back to nothing, but you can't replicate that. So you gotta come down a little bit. Indeed, indeed. All right. Thanks for everybody for listening. T minus a week and a half. Eleven days. All right. Talk to y'all next week. And I sing all the songs of America Danced in the rain on La Fayette And I'm still hanging out With John Wayne and Jesus And I know this is good as I can get It's as good as it can get, yeah Big time when I was down in Houston. Well, I fell in love and I moved to New Orleans. Well, she sits so long, I'm here all alone. She still got a little bitty piece of me. But I sing all the songs of America, dancing the rain on the fire. This is as good as life can get It's as good as it can get John Wayne and Jesus moved to Hollywood Working behind the scenes on MTV Me, I'm standing right down here in Texas I know that's where I was always meant to be But I sing all the songs of America Dance in the rain like fire Still hanging out for John Wayne and Jesus And I know this is as good as life can get It's as good as it can get And I sing all the songs of America in the rain like fire Still singing songs John Wayne and Jesus And I know This is as good as life can get It's as good as it can get It's as good as it can get you yeah.